It is not a buyer's market, traditionally speaking, with how much inventory is on the market, but sellers from a concession standpoint are acting like it's a buyer's market. Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina is consistently named one of the fastest growing areas in the country and one of the best areas for families. We cover everything real estate, recreation, restaurants, and just what makes Raleigh, Durham a great place to live. This is the RDU Buzz Podcast. All right. What's up, everybody? <clears throat> Hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you got some good time with uh, some family and uh, got to eat a lot of great food. I know <clears throat> I know we did. It was nice to take a little bit of time off work and and uh, spend time with family. So that was good. I hope also if you're in the area or wherever, whatever area you're in, hope, hopefully you're able to take advantage of some of the some of the holiday festivities that are going on right now. I know we, um, Cindy and I went to the Chinese Lantern Festival on Monday, which is in Cary. Really amazing event. Definitely worth um, checking out if you're here in the area. We're taking our kids to the Wooly Bull um, Holiday Festival <clears throat> to yeah, tomorrow, Friday, tomorrow's Friday, um, and, uh, which is here in Durham. So super excited about that. I think, I think that's going to be an awesome event, but hopefully you're able to do, uh, the same. If you're joining us live, make sure to put in the comments where you're joining from, uh, would love to know helps us as we prepare these, uh, shows. And also it's just interesting to, 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 to see where folks are joining us from. And if you're watching, uh, later down the road after this is over, uh, you can put down in there uh, as well. But anyway, so <clears throat> tonight we're going to kick it off with trying to answer the question, is Raleigh in a buyer's market? Um, and before I get into some of the data that we're going to talk about, I wanted to essentially define what a buyer's market is. So the technical definition of a buyer's market is five to six plus months of inventory on the market. So essentially what that means is the inventory, if you if you had six months worth of inventory on the market, if no other house hits the market, it's going to take you essentially six months to work through that inventory. So so that's essentially what that means. So that that is a buyer's market. That's a traditional buyer's market. Five to six plus months worth of inventory. A seller's market is zero to roughly three months worth of inventory. And then you have kind of that middle area, four months to, you know, low to, I guess, low fives that would be kind of this, this middle in between type market. So that's a definition of the traditional definition of a buyer's market. So if we're going just based on that, we're not in a buyer's market. We have right at two months worth of inventory in the triangle. Now, depending upon where you're looking, uh, that number could be lower. That number might be a tad bit higher. So Carrie, for example, Carrie has um, a little bit over a month's worth of inventory on the market. Um, <clears throat> but the triangle as a whole, as a whole region, has about two months worth of inventory. So that is definitely a seller's market according to the traditional uh, definition. But what kind of piqued my interest was some of this data. And I'm going, I'm going to share the screen here. It was a uh, Redfin article. Let me click it up. 
There we go. <clears throat> Sorry if I'm coughing a lot, my kids. I don't know. If y'all have young kids, I don't know if your kids get sick at Thanksgiving. I feel like our kids get sick every single Thanksgiving, every single holiday season. So I will be coughing probably <clears throat> throughout this whole thing because uh, whatever they have, I get. So uh, the joys of the joys of parenting. Um, so <clears throat> in this Redfin report, which was put out on, on November 14th, um, they were saying that 35%, now, now this is a national number, 35% of sellers are giving buyers concessions. So essentially what a concession is, is let's say you're under contract and um, there's a repair that needs to be made. Um, the seller can give you essentially money to do that repair in lieu of repair. So instead of actually doing the repair while you're under contract, they can just say, hey, here's $5,000, take care of it after closing. Um, so 35% of sellers in the country are doing that this year. So I saw this number. And I thought, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see what is the number in our market. Um, and if that kind of tracks along with what the national number is, and it does. So <clears throat> the data that I was looking at, so I basically pulled data from August until essentially today, the end of November. So about four months worth of data. And the concessions in our market were tracking the 35% as well. So 35% of sellers in our market were also offering concessions to buyers. So I looked at last year because I was just curious, well, what does last year look like? Last year was, let me pull up this number because I want to make sure, 27%. I was about to say 27%. I wanted to make sure I was correct. So in 2022, same time frame, August to essentially the end of November, 27% of sellers were giving concessions to buyers. In 2021, which is the height of the crazy market that we all experienced, um, that number was 21%. So really low compared to where we are today. So I started kind of backtracking to say, okay, when is the last time that we have experienced sellers at this percentage giving uh, concessions to buyers. And I had to go back all the way to 2014 to get that number. The interesting thing about 2014, and I want to share this chart with you here. So the interesting thing about 2014, so this is, <clears throat> this is average days on, on market. For some reason, my little bar things down here, I don't know how to get that off. But anyway, 2014 is right in this area. So this is, um, sorry, this is an average days on market. This is inventory, months of inventory. So we're down here, 2.2 months worth of inventory in October. Obviously, this is November. Real estate data lags a month. If you go back to 2014, you're at six months worth of inventory. Five months, five and a half, six months worth of inventory. That's a buyer's market. That's the last time we've seen concessions be at 35% or higher as far as how many, what percentage of sellers are giving concessions to buyers. So <clears throat> what's fascinating about that is it is not a buyer's market, traditionally speaking, with how much inventory is on the market, but sellers from a concession standpoint are acting like it's a buyer's market. Buyers are acting like it's a buyer's market. 
and we and we and we feel this on the ground, right? So um, <clears throat> if we're representing a buyer in the transaction, um, we're we're pushing for those concessions, and a lot of times we're we're getting what we're asking for. Um, maybe not all that we're asking for, but but we're getting a lot of what we're asking for. If we're on the sell side, we're getting pushed for those concessions. So so we we feel this um, on the ground in the market. But it's fascinating because if you look at inventory, we're not in a buyer's market whatsoever, but the market is acting like a buyer's market, <clears throat> which bodes really well for buyers uh, who are in the market right now. There are deals that um, that can be found. Um, now, <clears throat> a lot of this ties into um, this other stat that I wanted to talk about and kind of talk a little bit about um, – Actually, so I don't know if y'all ever heard of uh, Barbara, um, uh, what's her name? Barbara um, Corcoran, I believe it's her last name. She's uh, uh, was on Shark Tank, uh, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. And she had a quote not too long ago. And she, she got a lot of heat for this, um, but she said um, that now is the best time to buy. If you follow Cindy and I and some of the videos we put out, um, we, our, our most recent video, well, not our most recent, but one, one of our most recent videos, we posed the question, is now a good time to buy? My answer was no. Um, and I, I still stand by the no for that for a lot of reasons. Mark, it's just it's unaffordable. Um, a lot of folks just can't afford the interest rates. They, they can't get the house they want. They can't get the house they need. Uh, whatever it may be, it's a very unaffordable market. <clears throat> Her point in all this was right now, if you are a buyer and you can manage the interest rate that exists, maybe you're a cash buyer, maybe you're just a buyer that just you can you can afford it. Um, you can get deals. I mean, if 35% of sellers are giving concessions right now in our market, there there are deals to be found. And what that what that number, what that concession number does not include price drops um <clears throat> that's just a seller giving essentially some money to to a buyer it doesn't include price drop negotiations or anything in those lines so if i included that that number would be would be greater but what we're looking at right here is home sales this year are the lowest since 2010 2010 great recession that's that's the type of that's the type of market that we're in as far as home sales go how many transactions are happening on an annual basis and what this tells me is there's a lot of pent-up demand so taking this back to barbara's quote if this is the transaction level that we're seeing then you could assume that next year 2025 there will be more transactions, maybe slightly more next year, maybe significantly more in 2025 that would create a more competitive market that Barbara is talking about um, that would just make it more difficult to buy. So I do think she she's making a good point. If 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 you can afford to buy now, if if you can handle the interest rates where they are, um, if it doesn't break the bank, if you're able to get the type of house that meets your needs, um, <clears throat> You can get a deal right now. So, anyway, I thought um, I thought that buyer, um, the the fact that we're nowhere near inventory levels for a buyer's market, 
but sellers are given concessions as if it is a buyer's market. Um, I thought that was really, that was really fascinating. So I'd love to get y'all thoughts on that. Um, what y'all think, um, if you bought a house recently in the last year, year and a half, what your experience was. Um, but I, I think, I think that's, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty fascinating. So, all right, <clears throat> moving on to the next topic. So I saw this interesting article that talked about <clears throat> um, some of the uh, zoning proposals that are, are, are going through some of our local governments in the area. So uh, this was specific to Durham, but it also referenced Raleigh. So I wanted to focus mainly on, I, I know this is, this is referring more to parking minimum. So long story short, um, there, there were codes in place when you built downtown to have certain types of, of parking minimums. Those were being erased. Um, the whole purpose of that is to either add more room for uh, more developments or room for green space, whatever it may be. Um, but <clears throat> let me see, Zachary Hunter, he said, wife and I are looking to move to North Raleigh. Is it a good time to buy? Well, <clears throat> um, if you if you can afford the interest rates where they are um, and get the house that fits your needs, then there are deals to be to be found. Um, what I what I what what I tell people right now because I I think there's a I think. I think there's a lot of bad advice that goes around. I think some of that advice, you might hear the term uh, date the rate, marry the house, which is this type of idea that <clears throat> makes the assumption that rates are going to go down in the future. Um, and you can stretch yourself financially today to get the house that you want with the assumption that rates are going to come down and then you can refinance down the road. Um, I think that's horrific advice because no one knows if rates are going to go down. You can assume that they are, but you know, what if, what if a war kicked off next year, what, what, whatever the, whatever the thing is and kept rates higher for longer in a way that no one expected. So what I tell people, if you can afford the house you want, if you're comfortable making the payments um, at the rate that they are today, absolutely. It's a fine time to buy. Um, if you can't, maybe it's beneficial to rent for a little bit. Let rates come down. The market may be a little more competitive, um, but it may be beneficial to kind of kind of see what happens with rates. Um, so that's the answer I would give. Um, if you if you can swing it with where rates are right now um, <clears throat> and get the house that that you need in the area that you want, sounds like North Raleigh. Um, yeah, there's deals. There's deals to be found. Um, but if if you're going to stretch yourself, I would. My advice would be wait a little bit. You know, get a get a short term rental, um, six month rental if you can pull it off. Something something that allows you to kind of wait a little bit, see, let rates settle, hopefully come down a little bit. Excuse me, and then and then and then make the move. So that would be that would be my advice. But that's a great question. Thanks for asking, Zach. Or Zachary, sorry. Um, <clears throat> so. The um, the the parking situation, and that 
that's kind of a side note in this, but what, what was, what's fascinating is, um, and this is, this was a pretty controversial, uh, controversial reform that Durham made. Um, the, the short, it was called SCAD simplifying codes for affordable development. Some of the, some of the, 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 the controversy, controversy in this is the thought is simplifying some of these codes is, um, is going to amplify, uh, the gentrification in the area, um, make the area less affordable for folks who live in Durham. Um, and some of the, I guess, um, proponents of this who are supporting this, um, Zachary said, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, thanks again for the question. Uh, some of the proponents of, of, of this, um, who, who's, who supported these changes are essentially saying, Hey, things, things need to change in Durham. Um, and there's different rules that need to be passed to, 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 to essentially make it, you know, a more urban, uh, more densely populated area. Um, and so anyway, so I found it really fascinating. So one, one of the things and I'm going to, I'm going to share the screen here because one that I found really, I, mean, I, I found a lot of these, these, um, fascinating, but these are rules that were passed, um, recently. So increasing the maximum size of what they call accessory dwelling units, which um, short for ADU. So the um, the size used to be, I, I believe it was a thousand square feet because I, I read through the document. I'm going off my memory here. I believe it it, it expanded to 1,200 square feet in Durham, uh, allowing detached row houses to be built by the city. Um, and then this one is the one that really, that really piqued my interest. So requiring projects with more than 100 units to include commercial space. So Durham is really pushing and, 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 and this is, this is part of this push. They call it the 15, I, I think it's called the 15 minute neighborhood, which essentially means um, <clears throat> they want to be an area that has his residents 15 minutes from wherever they need to go, whether it's um, healthcare, shopping, um, you know, restaurants, coffee shops, whatever, 15 minutes, 15 minutes by foot, by bike, by transit, by car, what, what, whatever it is, 15 minutes away. That's that, that's, that's what they're, that's what they're pushing for. And this is a part of that. So essentially if you build a hundred units of residential space under this new code, it has to also have commercial space. So, um, I think that's really, I think it's really fascinating. You know, I, I, I I've talked and and again, there's a lot of there's a lot of pushback on this for various reasons. Um, you know, projects like these, they do, they do, they they change areas, they they make areas that are largely um residential only. They bring in commercial aspects to those areas. Um, residents don't always appreciate that. Um, but I would love to know y'all's thoughts about this because I, I I do think um I do think that this this idea of the triangle becoming <clears throat> more walkable, more densely populated in its urban centers. Um, I, I do think, and if, if Cindy were here, she'd probably push back on it, but I, I do think that is beneficial for the area because we're building out a lot, but I don't always feel like we're building up necessarily. And only so many people want to live an hour, 45 minute commute from where they work. Um, 
And so I think if we're going to continue growing and we're going to continue growing in this area for the foreseeable future, we're going to have to do stuff like this. We're going to have to be more densely populated. Um, we got to do it wisely. Um, we're going to have to do it. So um, that's just my opinion. I'd love to know y'all's thoughts on that. Um, but I, I saw this and thought, thought it was pretty, that was pretty fascinating. So got another <clears throat> question. My fiance and I started looking at homes in Cary, but think many seem overpriced, especially when looking at prices they bought them at three to four years ago. Are homes being sold for under asking? Um, <clears throat> it's a great question. So, um, yes, if you, <laughs> so if you, if you are looking at um, what they were bought for three to four years ago, there, there's going to be quite a bit of sticker shock in that um, the appreciation that we've seen in this area in the last three to four years. So, um, you know, 2019 until today um, is, is absolutely wild. It's significant. Um, when, when we look at, you know, the, the, the average, you know, kind of starting price for a home, so to speak, in, 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 in 2019, what a lot of our clients were buying homes for in 2019, um, you know, in like the, like the low 200s, um, you know, th things like that just don't, they don't exist much anymore. <clears throat> and so, especially in a, in a place like Cary, they don't. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I, I could, there's, there's going to be a lot, when you're looking at that, there's going to be a lot of sticker shock, uh, three to four years. Uh, but your question, are homes being sold for under asking? Um, they are not significantly, um, but, but they are. So a few percent under asking, um, depending on the area is, 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 is really what we're seeing. Carrie's one of those places where it's not, it's not a significant amount. Um, I think last time I looked at Carrie, I think it was half a percent or so on average under, under asking. Um, so it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not going to be a significant, it's not a significant amount. Um, and that's where, you know, I know I started this talking about how the market is acting like a, a buyer's market with concessions. One thing that is not acting like a buyer's market are prices. Prices are still relatively stable here. Um, what will change that is an increase, I think, in inventory. So if if next year more homes come on the market, I think I think it's possible that we see a decrease in prices. Probably nothing substantial. Um, uh, institutions like Morgan Stanley are are essentially projecting that, um, saying there'll be several percent uh, decrease in prices next year. But all of that is. Um, based on their projection that uh, inventory will increase. So inventory will increase, will enter more and more into a buyer's market, uh, which will bring prices down with it. So um, I don't know if, 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 if it's going to play out that way, but, <clears throat> but, but that some, some are, some are projecting that, but right now um, you're, you're the deals that you're getting are going to be more on the getting a house at asking price, right? Instead of, you know, $20,000 over, it's going to be more of when you're under contract, 
and problems come up on the inspection, um, getting that seller to give you concessions for for those problems, whatever they are, um, that's going to be more of where the deal is right now in the market. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, that's that, that's a really good that's a really good question. But I I totally I totally get it. If you're looking if you're looking at what someone bought a home for in 2019 and looking at the price of it today, it it is it is going to be sticker shock for sure. Wilbur said, uh, my wife and I are moving to Raleigh in first quarter 2025. Uh, congratulations. Um, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy the area. We're looking at renting, preferably a townhome with the initial move. Uh, what's a pretty good affordable area? Um, we've been looking in Clayton. Yeah, I mean, Clayton, Clayton is, is one of those areas. So um, I think, <clears throat> I think it, 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 it depends on, what part of Raleigh you want to be close to. So obviously Clayton is on, is on the Southern side. Um, so if you want to be on that Southern side of Raleigh, uh, Clayton is going to be affordable. Garner is going to be affordable. Um, Fuquay Verena is going to be affordable. So that's all going to be on the Southern side of Raleigh. Um, on the East side of Raleigh, um, uh, places like Wendell are going to be, um, affordable. Um, and um, <clears throat> so that kind of covers the the south and east side, and you could even loop up into like the Wake Forest area, which is on the northeast side. That would be that would be affordable. So, uh, but if you're looking, if you're looking in Clayton, want to stay on the south side of Raleigh, Clayton, Garner, Fuquay, Verena are going to be are going to be the affordable the affordable areas. But yeah, best of luck uh, with the with with the move and 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 finding finding a rental. So. Um, uh, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad that was, uh, I'm glad that was helpful. Um, next level said, good evening, friends from Raleigh. Awesome. Good to have you next level. Thanks for joining. And Wilbur said, thanks, bro. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for asking the question. Um, so I love, I love questions. It makes these, it makes these, um, makes these lives so much, so much, uh, more enjoyable for me so not not that they're not enjoyable any other way but it does make it, it does make it more enjoyable so um this right here is <laughs> um I, I i was hesitant to even bring it up because this is this is just not my expertise whatsoever um but i thought it was really interesting and i, I think it's cool that they chose raleigh so anyway so i never heard of this organization before ball Ball Harbor is a um, luxury shopping center based in Miami. Um, they compared it to if if you've heard of um, I think it's uh, Rodeo uh, Rodeo Drive. I think in Beverly Hills, which is like a really upscale shopping area um, in the Beverly Hills area. But um, this shopping center is located in Miami, and it's apparently equivalent to all of those. Um, <clears throat> but they have set up a pop-up retail area in North Hills, which which I think is really cool um, that they chose Raleigh. It's the first time they've ever done it. They chose Raleigh as the location to do it. Um, they're doing it at North Hills. It consists of 30 – actually, sorry, I thought I was sharing my screen with you all. Let me – there we go. I think this is the actual – 
I haven't been, but I think this is an actual picture of it. Um, you've got the 30, um, 30 shipping containers that create these stores. Um, here's a list of the stores um, that are going to be there. It's also going to include a restaurant, a uh, 150 seat restaurant within this, within this shopping center. Um with a full bar, a lounge, indoor, outdoor space. Uh, but it literally does. It has like this, this uh, middle section um, that has like the pot, like the palm trees going down it. Uh, I mean, it looks, it looks really cool. They, they have a, um, they have an Instagram account. So you can look up um, uh, the ball Harbor um, uh, 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 pop-up and they, 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 they have an Instagram account you can check out, but it, it looks, I mean, it's really, it's really neat. Um, but this is this is the first time I've ever done a pop up. Uh, they chose Raleigh as the location for it. I think it's going to be here through the end of um, of January. So um, again, got a restaurant, got the shops there. Um, yeah, I think I just I think that's pretty cool that they chose Raleigh as their first location to do this. Um, I was looking at a list. I can't remember where they're going next. Um, I think on their list was Greenville, uh, uh, South Carolina. Um, I think was like the second or third stop after, after Raleigh. But anyway, yeah, it's here. It's here until I think sometime in, well, this article says mid, mid January. So sometime in mid January. So definitely go check it out. If, if, if you're here in the area, I think that's pretty cool. Um, uh, Wilbur says familiar with it uh, originally from Miami. It's really cool. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks really cool. I mean, just, just the, 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 the set, the, the fact that they did a pop-up and, you know, brought the, 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 <laughs> the trees and all with them um to include in that that's 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 pretty that's pretty neat um i thought it was pretty cool so um got a question here from matt hey zach for the real estate person here awesome awesome uh wondering thoughts on how the triangle will build out next few years with expected population growth what areas uh do you think will change the most um it's a great question. I I think I think really anywhere anywhere on the southern side of of Raleigh is 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 where you're going to see the most significant growth. Um, Clayton, Garner, Fuquay, um, Fuquay Verena, we just call it Fuquay. Um, <clears throat> those areas are going to see significantly growth or significant growth over the next several years. A lot of that is going to be due to. Um, uh, Interstate 540 is a loop that goes around um, uh, Raleigh. The northern portion of that loop is complete. Um, the southern portion of that loop is almost complete, will be complete next year. Um, at least a portion of it will be complete next year. And then the final phase of that will be completed in uh, 2028. So once that portion is complete, um, the, the the southern side of the triangle is going to, I think, is going to continue to experience significant growth. It's already experiencing significant growth, um, and I, th I I think that will be amplified uh, with 540s completion. So um, it's 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 going to cut down folks' uh, commute times, um, especially from places like um, Clayton that are you know kind of. Essentially, like if, if you're if you're in Clayton and you're driving up to the airport, you know, you have to cut all the way across Raleigh to get there um, to have 540 as another route. Like it's 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 going to change that that southern side. So Fuquay, Garner, 
Clayton, they're already exploding. I think I think they will they will continue to explode for years to come. I think the southern side of the triangle is where a lot of the growth will be in the future. So um, hopefully hopefully that's 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 helpful. Um, but uh, yeah, next level uh, said luxury shopping. Yeah, um, yeah. When I first when I first saw I I never I've I've never been well I've driven through Miami. I've never I've never been to Miami, so um, I never never heard of this company but yeah i thought i thought that was pretty cool um one article i don't have but i wanted to share because I, I saw it right before uh right before i got on here so those of you who are here in the area probably remember brasa steakhouse it was a um a, a, a brazilian steakhouse it was in briar creek um and they suddenly closed last year it's kind of kind of an odd seeming situation um and uh, shut down, and I don't. I don't even think anything is in that location to this day at Briar at Briar Creek at the at the shopping center. Um, but it was the only Brazilian steakhouse here in the Triangle. And um, actually, I actually used to work there um, years ago. Uh, I moved up into the area in two thousand and gosh, when was two thousand eleven? Um, I, I, I worked. Brasa was my first job that I had here, but. Anyway, um, I saw an article right before I hopped on here that a new Brazilian steakhouse is going to be opening also in Briar Creek um, at uh, one of the <clears throat> one of the hotels. I wish I would have saved the article, but I didn't. Um, but it's supposed to open in looks like in January. So um, that's pretty cool that, you know, Brasa was the only you know steakhouse where, they, you know, they come around with like the meat and they, they cut it at your table. Um, it was the only one like that in the area. So when it closed, there was there was none. Um, so this will be this will be the first one moving into the area since Brasa closed. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, haven't seen that in in a in a really long time. So um, which which always kind of struck me as odd that this area wouldn't have at least one or or, or or multiple of those with how spread out this area is. You know, one in like Raleigh or maybe one in Durham um, or one in Chapel Hill, but. Uh, Brasa was only one for years and they closed and we finally, finally get another one. So um, I thought it was pretty cool, but we'll close out on this one. Um, this story I'll, I'll share it with y'all. I'm not going to scroll down too much cause it'd be a lot of scrolling. Um, but I am going to, I'm going to post this in, um, in like the, the, the description section of the video. So y'all can use this as a resource. Um, but News and Observer, they put out an article of uh, best Christmas light displays in the triangle. The reason I want to share it is, um, you know, we I mean, a, a, a lot of these a lot of these events are they're they're expensive. I mean, the the the, the Chinese Lantern Festival was was pretty expensive. Um, and, 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 uh, the one, the woolly bull that we're taking our kids to tomorrow, pretty expensive, but these are free. These are free things. You know, these are, these are like neighborhoods. You can drive through some of the best houses, um, to decorate for Christmas. Um, and news and observer has this really cool article that has all of the locations built on this map, uh, which I think is really helpful. So, um, if you live here in the area, and you want to take your kids through some of these neighborhoods. You just want to drive through some of these neighborhoods and see the lights. Um, this is really, it's a really helpful resource. So I'm going to put this in, um, um, in, in, in the description below. So y'all can use this as a resource to go, um, to go explore some of these areas. Cause they're, they're free. You get to see lights just really looks really cool. So, um, let me see. 
Record. All right, thank you. See, let me close this out so this video is not playing. There we go. If you heard any updates regarding the ATC expansion with grocery store, etc., um, can you remind? Can you tell me what you're referring to with the ATC? I can. Um, I'm trying to think what what ATC. Give you a little bit of time. Um, I'm not sure what ATC ATC expansion is. Um, if you add that in there, I'll I'll try my best to uh, to answer it. But um, <clears throat> but yeah. So um, while while we're waiting, if um. Yeah, I'll I'll put that I'll put that into the into the section below so y'all can y'all can check those out. But those paid events, I mean, they're pricey, but um, but they're they're worth it. So if you um, especially especially that the 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 Chinese Lantern Festival was really was really 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 cool. So, um, all right, y'all. Well, that's all. Um, that's all I got. Um, if oh, American American Tobacco. Yeah, maybe maybe it is American Tobacco Campus. Um, so I have not. If if you're referring to American Tobacco Campus, um, I have not heard of. Um, no, 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 no need to no need to apologize. Um, so I have not heard anything new from from that expansion. I know it's been blocked off for a long time. Um, they've got the gate around it. I think last time I was at the American tobacco campus, which was, um, well, I'll be there tomorrow. Um, but last time I was there was probably three weeks ago or so. I feel like they had some equipment out there on, on, on the old university Ford lot. Um, but it didn't look like anything, anything was happening. So, um, no, but that's a great, excuse me. That's a great question. I've, I've not, I've not heard anything, um, but I, I do know the, you know, the renderings of that particular expansion, they look really cool. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that, that comes to fruition soon, but no, great, great question. Um, awesome. Y'all. Well, that's all, that's all I got tonight. I hope you have a good rest of your week, um, a good weekend, and I will see y'all here next, next Thursday. Bye y'all.